Welcome to the Hope United Podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. Father, thank you, Lord, that you would touch our hearts. Let us hear exactly what we need to hear today. Father, I thank you, Lord. This is a divine moment in our journey. And thank you that you know the intricacies of each of our journey of faith. You know where we are. You know what we need to hear. You know where we need to be encouraged. And so, Father, I pray that you do just that. As we open up your word, share something with us that's a life lesson that will cause us to grow and cause us to prosper in you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Well, we've been talking about this great topic, and I've, I've really enjoyed it. And the topic has been thinking holy or think holy and um, at first glance it's like can we really learn to think holy and I believe the answer to that question is absolutely yes because God desires us to be holy as he is holy so if we're going to walk in and be obedient to that command to step up and become holy as he is holy first we have to think that way right and so we've been talking about what that looks like. And 1 Corinthians 2.16, Paul tells us that we understand these things for we have the mind of Christ. So we understand as we grow and we mature in faith that we can have the mindset that Christ Jesus did. And that mindset is a holy mindset and it, 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 it helps us develop and, and think God thoughts. So we can think holy. 1 Peter 1.16 is just one of the many times that it's said in Scripture, Be holy as I am holy. So how do we learn to think holy? If you missed uh, any of the weeks, go back and listen to it on the podcast. It's been a real great journey. But God has given us the Holy Spirit to teach us and lead us into all things, right? Teach us all things. And so the Holy Spirit helps us. He walks with us and helps us to think differently. Helps us to think the way we need to think to unlock our capacity and unlock our greatness. So we talked about what that process looks like. We talked about what holiness is. We think holy. What is holiness? So we talked about that. We talked about detoxing the impurities, just like our body has to detox from impurities so it can function at high capacity. So our spirit man has to detox from the impurities so that we can operate at full capacity. And we even talked about how to think about money differently last week. Really good. Today I want to focus um, on a passage right out of Galatians 5, 23 where Paul talks about the fruits of the Spirit. Maybe some of you are already familiar with it, um, but the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, and 23 are listed as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and and that's what I want to talk about today. Self-control. Self-control or self-discipline. If we want to think holy, we must have a we must discipline the mind. Somebody say that. Discipline the mind. So if we want to really be disciples of Christ, we have to be disciplined. We have to be disciplined in our behavior. We have to be disciplined in our lifestyle. We have to look at Christ and say, okay, I'm going to discipline myself to be more like Christ. So being a disciple, it's important to understand 
the nature of discipline and the fruit of the spirit of self-control is very important in developing a discipline mentality. So this is a fruit of the spirit. Last week we were talking about this servant in Matthew 25 that was wicked and lazy. Jesus gave a parable and he called this servant wicked and lazy. Well, one thing that a disciplined mindset will keep you far from is wickedness and being lazy, right? So this is um, understanding. A being self-disciplined means we're more capable of disciplining our flesh, right? The Bible talks, us, talks to us about crucifying the flesh, right? D addressing the flesh, disciplining, having our flesh under control. There doesn't always, for somebody that has self-control, they don't have to have a coach standing over them all the time telling them, do this, do that, do this, do that. They actually have reached a place that they have the ability to control their selves. They have self-control. They develop that fruit. Um, they have the capacity in many areas to discipline themselves. Self-discipline is such an important fruit of the Spirit and it separates someone that is immature in the faith from somebody that is growing and is maturing in faith. Self-discipline is the ability to discipline yourself. doesn't mean that you don't ever get corrected by anybody else or God doesn't still have to correct you sometimes. But a lot of times now you're finding that you, you're like, oh, wow, I should stop doing that. You, you, you've learned how to, you know how to listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says, hey, you should stop that. You say, okay, I'm going to stop this area. I'm going to do more of this. He says, you need to do more of this. I mean, listen to the Holy Spirit. I've disciplined myself to have a mentality that I can hear from God, and I am disciplined. Can you tell yourself no, or does someone else have to do it? A child needs an adult in their life to tell them no. You can't do that. No, you don't need to do that. No, you don't eat, need to eat more candy right now. Even a teenager still needs an adult in certain areas to still tell them, no, don't do that. No, that's not good for you. No, don't go there. No, don't stay out till 2 a.m. Some adults still need police officers in their life to tell them no. Don't hurt other people. Don't take other people's stuff. That's not good. But self-discipline is when we can tell ourselves, no, that's not a good idea. You know, I was thinking about doing this. I'm not going to do it because it's not good. So a discipline mindset. Self-discipline, a self-disciplined mind can tell itself, no, I shouldn't be doing that. I discipline myself to think holy. I was thinking this way, but now I'm redirecting my thought process to think a different way. Someone that thinks holy, knows the word of God, and knows how to use it as a measuring stick against the thoughts that are going on in their mind. How does this line up with the word of God? I have this thought. Is this a good thought? Is this a bad thought? Is this a healthy thought? Is this a toxic thought? I'm using the measurement stick of the word of God. Now here's a problem with some Christians. If you're not in the word enough you don't really have a complete measuring stick. So in your mind, you could be trying to get disciplined, but you don't have the capacity to get disciplined because you don't have enough of the Word of God in there. 
You don't have enough of the measuring stick. We're measuring ourselves up against Scripture, right? If we want to think holy, if we want to behave holy, if we want to be more like Christ, I have to have the measuring stick in my mind. That's the Word of God. So I want to think holy. I want to measure my thoughts and my actions up against the Word of God. So that's a question. Can you take the Word of God and measure yourself by it? Can you take the Word of God and measure your thoughts by it? That is disciplining your mind. That's a self-disciplined mind. In the natural, one obvious way that we discipline ourselves, right, is by eating right, by staying active, right? Even if it's not a full-blown workout, do you go on walks, right? Even if it's not super, super uh, vegetarian or I don't know, whatever the, 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 the latest health craze is, do you put the healthy stuff in your body to help it function the way that it needs to function? Do you stay active enough so that your body stays functional? Well, the spirit is similar to that. If I want to stay healthy spiritually, I need to get up and pray in the morning. If I want to stay healthy spiritually, I got to have a schedule of reading the word of God. I got to, got to be on a diet of not just putting a bunch of garbage and news channels and social media feeds. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding myself. I'm feeding my spirit, man, if I want to stay healthy. If I want my kids to grow up spiritually healthy, I have to encourage Bible reading or Bible stories in the home, right? I have to be disciplined in that way if I want to have a healthy, healthy family life. But there's, a, there's an enemy, there's a force at work against us having a self-disciplined mind. And that force at work is complacency. Right? Sometimes we know what to do, we know how to discipline ourselves, but a little... Get a little bit relaxed here, right? And then over one season, over two seasons, then we look in that area, we're completely lazy. So that complacency is a force that works against disciplining oneself. And complacency causes us to forget if we don't eat healthy, we're going to end up sick. We're going to end up overweight or we're going to end up with clogged arteries. We're going to end up with something that's bad, right? Complacency causes us to get too busy to go on walks or work out. Complacency is the force at work against the fruit of self-discipline in our lives. I want to partner with the Holy Spirit. We should want to partner with the Holy Spirit to train our minds to be self-disciplined. I'm talking about in the spiritual, but you can also apply this in the natural, right? Using some natural examples. But right now we're talking primarily about the spiritual. Complacency will make you lazy. I want us to think holy, and, and, and we think holy by having a disciplined approach to life. Complacency makes you cut corners. Self-discipline is hard work, but it is smart work. Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 6, 6 through 8. He said, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Now, I just put that in there for emphasis. I didn't put it in there. He just, just give you a little extra. Take a lesson from the ants. You lazy bones, learn from their ways and become wise. For they have no prince or no coach, no governor or ruler to make them work. But they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. So we can learn self-discipline from nature. Solomon shows us this. God wants us to have a disciplined mentality. 
The Holy Spirit wants to help us have that discipline mentality. He wants to give us the fruits that will help cultivate a disciplined mentality so we can think holy. The gospel talks a lot about this. Stewardship and disciplining oneself. Paul talks about this mental discipline in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Now, anybody that, that knows high-level performance and competition and athletics, it's very mental, right? you got to get out there. you got to push yourself. you got to have the discipline to work out every day. But he says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now listen, if an apostle said, I got to watch out for complacency in my life, lest I get disqualified. Guys, this is something we all should have on our radar. None of us in the room say, hey man, I I don't mind being disqualified. Paul says, man, you got to watch out. You got to work at it. He said, I discipline my body like an athlete. He says, have a mindset that has daily discipline in mind. Daily denying some of the things the body or the natural nature wants. Paul says, in essence, I work to discipline myself every day. My faith is that important. Our faith is that important, right? The good deeds of the past aren't going to save you in the future, right? It's the daily discipline, the daily habits that cause us to win. Don't get out of shape or the devil will beat you in the battle of life. This is exactly why the devil wants you complacent, because when you're complacent, when you're off guard, that's why Jesus would say, watch and pray. Stand guard. He's told, he's told Peter, he said, listen, I, I earnestly prayed for you because the devil tried to come around and sift you. But I prayed to God that you would be safe. So, guys, we have to be disciplined in our faith walk, disciplined in our prayer life. Guys, pray for your family. Pray for your church. I thank everybody that's praying for me and Pastor Corinne. We have to pray for one another. Why? Because the enemy's always trying to get people complacent. Get people lazy. Get people sleeping. Get people sitting on their hands. Catch people off guard. A disciplined mind is a critical part of a Christian lifestyle. And Paul says this. He says, I I discipline myself like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Paul is encouraging us to have self-discipline so that we don't become disqualified. Of course, the big disqualification is not being able to go to heaven. But there's also another disqualification, did you know? And that is the disqualification of purpose. Some people, we got some Christians, they're going to heaven, but they've been disqualified from their high potential on earth. Because they got lazy, they got complacent. God opened a door, they were sitting on the butt. God gave an opportunity for a blessing and a promotion, and they were being lazy. In this life, we must have self-discipline. To listen for the voice of God. And to take action. But if we don't listen and take action, we will miss our true and highest potential in life. We will miss blessing after blessing after blessing if we fall into complacency. So the apostle said, I 
I train my body like an athlete. I work on myself daily so that even after preaching to everybody, I don't become a castaway. I don't become the one that's disqualified. Going back to Matthew 25, 26. Jesus is telling this parable. He talks about the third servant calls him wicked and lazy. When you read the story, he was full of excuses and full of a lack of action. He was complacent. And he was disqualified from working anymore with the master. Having a self-disciplined mind will keep you on track of your purpose. Keep you in coordination with the Holy Spirit. We exercise the fruit of self-discipline in our lives so we don't fall short of the purpose of God in our lives. It's not just that complacency can cause you to miss out on heaven. Sometimes it's missing out on the fullness of your purpose here. Complacency can rob you of your greatest blessings in life. That's right. We get a little bit too relaxed. Get a little bit too lazy in a certain area. We can miss the opportunities that God has. Sometimes they're the opportunities of a lifetime. And we're not listening or not being active in our faith. Instead of getting out there and hustling for your purpose, maybe that's you. Maybe you're sitting on your hands. And God is speaking to you today, saying, don't be complacent. I have more. Stay hungry for more. Stay thirsty for more. I have more purpose for you. Complacency causes you to sit on the bench when God wants you to be in the game. God has called you to be a starter, not a bench warmer. And that's for every Christian. God has called us to be starters. He's called us to be in the game. He's called us to make big plays. Not be somebody on the sidelines saying, oh yeah, one day, one day I'm going to make big plays. But the Holy Spirit is provoking us to discipline the flesh, circumcise the flesh, become active in our faith and the pursuit of purpose. Why? Because time is precious. Time is a precious, precious commodity. You could lose all your money and all your stuff today. And you might be able to get it back, and then some. But if you lose time, you cannot get it back. So one of the greatest things the devil can steal from you is your time. He does that through complacency. While you're sitting there, Casually, you're losing time, precious time, that you could be about the Lord's business. Could be about your Father's business. Could be about your purpose. Time is precious, and it's important we don't get complacent and allow it to slip away. Our purpose is at stake. The blessing of our lives, the blessing of our family is at stake. People that would possibly hear the gospel message through your mouth And from your testimony, that's at stake. Complacency is the enemy of your purpose. And the psalmist prayed this prayer. It's important for us to get this in our head. Get this in our heart. Psalm 90, 12. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. So... We are growing in wisdom when we understand how to value time. Understand that time is short. 
We are acting wise when we understand that time is short. Jesus knew on the earth time was of the essence. His, his ministry was three and a half years. So he, was, he, had to be at his, he had to be about his father's business. He was on the move. A wise person values time. Someone who thinks holy is disciplined with their time. I want to discipline myself so I learn to manage my time. I'm not going to allow things to suck up my time that are not worthy of my time. Know when you are relaxing or being entertained and when that TV is just sucking up your time. When that, when that video game is serving you or you begin to serve that video game, your time. Time is precious. And this thought process is a righteous thought process. It's a holy way of thinking. I want to discipline myself. I resist complacency with a disciplined mindset so I have the time needed to pursue purpose. Right? I resist complacency. Why? Because I need time. I need time to pursue purpose. If the devil can rob you of time, he's able to steal your destiny. And and, and so we're talking about disqualification again. We're disqualified because we're out of time. How many people they could have won in a game, but they just ran out of time? The enemy wants to rob your time. So being self-disciplined is thinking holy. Being a good time manager is thinking holy. God wants us to be good stewards of our time, of these precious moments. And there's some things that I just won't surrender my time to. And I, I get the precious opportunity of being and ministering to people. And I've learned that some people are ready to hear God's word. And other people are just fooling around. You need to learn this lesson in your life too. There's some people that are ready to partner with you. And they're ready to receive from you. They're ready to be blessed by you. And other people are fooling around. I have time for people. I don't have time for people that are fooling around, though. We have precious moments to accomplish precious destiny. A disciplined mind says, can I help this person? Can this person help me? Can we build the kingdom together? Are we wasting time here? What are we doing? Disciplined mind manages their time. Self Control. Self-control. Complacency is an enemy. Time is a gift. Complacency will take you out of holy thinking. Complacency is the opposite of faith, right? Faith is in motion. Faith is... Faith without works is dead. So, faith is your belief in action. Faith without works is not even alive because faith is moving. Complacency is standing still. Faith is helping. Complacency is stalling. You ever really needed something and instead of somebody helping you, they were stalling? That's what complacency is. It's stalling. It's standing still while faith is in action. How can I help? How can I be a blessing here? How can I plug in? How can I serve? How can I make this better? 
Faith is in action. Be a person of faith. Think holy by having a disciplined mindset. If complacency tries to get on you, guys, shake it off. Right? If it tries to get on you, pray it off. If it tries to get on you, get around people that will challenge and provoke you and help you get it off. Sometimes you need some people around you. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpeners will get complacency off of you. You just need to get a couple of iron sharpeners in your life. There's some people that I talk to and they sharpen me in certain areas. I get around other people and they sharpen me in other areas. I want to be around people that sharpen. You should want to be around people that sharpen you. It's real hard to be complacent when you've got people that are sharpeners in your life. Complacency will corrupt purpose. That beautiful dream that God gave you, that amazing purpose that you were born with that was baked into who you are, is subtly corrupted and perverted by complacency. Right? It's the enemy perverting the time that you have to accomplish a purpose. If self-discipline is the fruit of the Spirit, complacency is the fruit of the enemy. Jesus talks about in Matthew 7, 16, He says, by your fruit you'll know them. A good person produces good fruit. A bad person produces bad fruit. By your fruit you'll know them. Well, the Holy Spirit has fruit. Well, guess what? The devil has fruit too. One of the fruit that come from the enemy is complacency. The fruit of the enemy is rotten. It's, it's ugly. It causes spiritual sickness. We must eat the fruit that will nourish our purpose. Don't eat the fruit that the enemy has. Eat the fruit of the Spirit. Eat the fruit of self-control. Eat the fruit that will cause you to think holy. There's some things that we put into our spirit and put in our ears and put in our eyes that cause us to be more focused on the things of God. Let's be honest. There's some things we put in our ears and put in our eyes and we allow to roll around in our heads that, that cause us to think perverted. Right? Think unholy. Guard your eyes. Guard your thoughts. A disciplined mind says, take captive every thought. 1 Corinthians 10, right? Take captive every thought that keeps you from becoming more like God. Take captive every thought that causes you to become more knowledgeable about who God is and what His character is and what His measuring stick looks like, right? Take captive every lustful thought, every greedy thought, every selfish thought. And develop a mindset of self-discipline. The Holy Spirit wants to help. The Holy Spirit is there to help. Us develop a mind that is holy. The Holy Spirit wants you to have what type of mind? Holy. Because He's holy. Part of self-discipline is disciplining your thought life. Don't just think because other people can't see it that it's okay. Thoughts are the precursor to actions. Before I do a thing, I think about a thing. Before I go and eat the apple, I think about, man, I'm hungry. I really like to have some fruit. And then I see the apple, and then I eat it. The thought precedes the action. I was with the men, and we were talking about, um, during our, our Wednesday 7 o'clock uh, Zoom call, and we were talking about the person of David. He was a hero. He was a great man, but he got complacent. One time when the men were away at war and he was supposed to be away at war, he stayed home in the palace 
and he was enjoying the view. Now, I don't know if this was a design fail by the architect that was lo- overlooking the, the, the women bathing or if it was a purposeful thing, but we talked about the fact that you don't fall into sin. You see, he ended up sleeping with somebody else's wife. He didn't fall into sin just like that. There was thoughts that preceded the sin. There was thoughts that preceded the bad action. I don't think it was the first time he looked over the balcony and saw the women bathing. I don't think it's the first time that he entertained those thoughts in his mind. He didn't have a disciplined mind at that point in his life. He had gotten complacent. The great man, the things that we all know and love about David, he wasn't pursuing God with all in that moment, in that season, really. Because what we talked about is bad actions don't happen like that. It happens because you've been thinking the wrong way. So we discipline our thoughts. And the more that we discipline our thoughts, when we come into different trials and temptations, we're mentally prepared to to, to do the right thing. Develop a disciplined mind and you will succeed in the purposes that God has for you. Don't get complacent. Think holy. Don't get complacent. Guard your time. Guard your life. Guard your destiny by guarding your time. Daily, what are you doing to discipline your mind? How are you exercising and applying the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Will you bow your head with me today? God, I thank you for the journey that you have taken us on to, from the ways that we were thinking to thinking more like you. God, you want us to think holy as you are holy. You want us to be holy as you are holy. God, I thank you, Lord, that you would, God, continue to help us, encourage us, challenge us, to be more like you, to think like you in every way. God, let us detox the old. Let us take out all the impurities that are causing us to fall back into the old lifestyle, the old patterns, old behaviors. God, let us have a disciplined mind. God, I thank you for that. Thank you would teach us, God, how to do that. Maybe you say, Pastor, I feel like I've slipped away. I've kind of drifted in my walk with him, and I need to reconnect. I need to reconnect with Jesus. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are. Amen. Amen. There's something. Amen. There's something about when we respond to Jesus. Sometimes life gets in the way. Sometimes events come up, and the enemy uses those events to try to cause us to drift. But God wants to reconnect with us today. Jesus wants to reconnect with us. If that's you or if you say, Pastor, I don't know if I've ever really said yes to Jesus. I've been around it. I've been near it. I've orbited it. I've had some people in my life, but I need to know that I have that connection with Jesus. If that's you, slip up your hand, either of those two. 
If that's you, just say this prayer with me. And everybody that agrees with this prayer, you can say this prayer with us. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Even when I didn't love you. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Dying on the cross to pay for my mistakes, my shortcomings, my failures. Apply your perfect work to my life today. Apply your forgiveness to me. I need it. I need you to qualify me. Help me live a life that's pleasing to you. Help me to think like you. I want the mindset of Christ. I want to think holy. I want to walk in your footsteps. Teach me how to do that, Jesus. I need you. I surrender to do it your way. I try to do it my way, but I want to do it your way. Help me do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you like this podcast, remember to share and subscribe. For more information or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. And remember, if God is with you, you will be undefeated.